Welcome to the What If Cast with Christine and Justin, where we take a deep dive into what if theories that'll blow your mind. Hey, Justin. What's up? You don't like fiction, right? Are you talking to the wrong guy for that? <laughs> you like, like you hate reading and you just like, you just want to be like in here and now and never, you know, in fantasy world. Could never be me. <laughs> what do you like about fiction so much? Honestly, I feel like fiction shapes reality as weird as that is to say. I feel like people take the things that they imagine and they make it real through their own effort and hard work. And so I feel like you can't have nonfiction without fiction. Do you think people that are smarter can be more creative and and like fiction more? Well, see, that's the thing. Smart is such a relative term and it could mean so many different things. I don't know if you necessarily need to be smart by anybody's definition to be good at fiction, to enjoy fiction. I feel like you can really be anybody. Mm-hmm. And what kinds of fiction do you like best? I like very fictional stuff. Like pirates. Well, pirates is like historical fiction. I, I mean, kind of reality. You're right. I mean, I like magic. Yeah. You know, so I like aliens. I like I like most of the stuff that we've talked about on this podcast. I like dragons and I like time travel, stuff that's very fictional. Mm-hmm. Do you find this world boring? No, not at all. I love the world, but that's the thing. <laughs> I feel like the world is always more interesting when you interpret it in a creative way. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just like interrogating you right now about fiction, but it's just so cool, you know? Well, it's time I interrogate you right back. Do you like fiction? I do. Well, what kind do you like? I also really like magic. I like hearing about witches. I re- That's why I really love Halloween. I just like the mystery of it. But I also really like space. And I know that's not fictional. So maybe I, I really like science fiction because it's the mystery within the reality. Yeah, like if there's something that we don't know in this world, but we could know, and it could be a reality, that's pretty cool. Like, I think for me, sometimes I don't love fiction as much because I know it can never be real. You know, maybe there's not going to be a fire-breathing dragon that flies me around the world. and. Maybe that makes me a bit sad, but you know, it can merge us both in both of our perspectives. What's that? What if we could make fiction real, 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 how real, like anytime you read a word on a page, it comes to life. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. When you say real, do you mean that it exists in reality in the same way that it exists in the fiction? Yes. So I just read that Red Leaf, the wild dragon, breathes fire amongst the sky and that he appears and he does so. So this could be chaos, I'm realizing, because I was about to say people. (laughs) And I don't, I'm trying to logistically think of how this could work, where people don't just die. I mean, as, as cool of a concept as it is, it would undoubtedly be chaos. It would have to be. Yes. 
because fiction is fun, but also it's within different worlds, right? So if we bring fictional characters into this world, do we just have to keep creating worlds, basically, if we read a story? Like we create a new dimension that we can go into? Or do the characters come into our world? I mean, from the way you were talking about it, it sounded like they would be becoming part of reality. Right. That's what I was thinking. I'm just, I'm just trying not to kill people. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Maybe don't read a dragon breathing fire as the very first thing. So when you're in a bookstore, it's kind of like determining fate. Like you pick up a book that all the creatures love each other and you read those words and that's what you have an effect on society versus you pick up a, a war book. Well, let me ask you this. What would be the benefit of speaking fiction into existence? Well, obviously we could all fly, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to read something about that. But I, I, again, I'm confused. How do you mean that? I guess you're, maybe I'll read about dragons that can fly and I can be friends with the dragon and maybe get on their back. I got to be honest. I feel like if you had a power like this, you might kill us all because the first thing that you're speaking into existence is dragons. I got to stop thinking about dragons. You're right. And the, the, the next thing on in my head is vampires, and that's no good either. Yeah, we're all doomed. Okay, okay. Let's, let's turn the tables. Let's bring SpongeBob into this world. He's pretty harmless. <laughs> Maybe so, but again, what would be the benefit? I don't know. He'd probably die in the uh, on land. So unless I, I can get, you know, an astronaut helmet so he can be like Sandy Cheeks up here. All right. Well, how about the, how big would he be? Let, let's let's go with this. How would he be small? Yes, he would be a sponge. I feel like I just have him as a pet. But he's a living organism. That would be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you said you, you, you said a, a dog was hard to raise, so I could just have SpongeBob. I don't know the ethics of keeping a fictional character as a slave, but oh, no, we, we'd have fun, you know, and I'd let him go to stores and stuff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's ask you a bit. Maybe you have some logistics we could bring to this. What books would you read to bring to life? Bobby's cool. But Bobby's just a regular guy. Yeah, but he's a fun friend. He's fictional. He wouldn't be that fun. He's he's traumatized. He's a, he's like a, a war vet. Yeah. Oh, but then you know what? What about Spader? He's he's better. He's impulsive. He'd do something terrible, and I'd get blamed for it. Mm, but he could give you one of those suits. For where? So I can swim in the Long Island Sound. That's yeah. disgusting. So you could swim anywhere underwater. For anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about. We've talked about this series a lot on the podcast before. Christine's talking about a book series called Pendragon. We're talking about a couple of the characters. Yeah, and this, this particular character can breathe underwater because he's got this sick swimsuit that Justin doesn't want to bring to life, apparently. So <laughs> I'm just trying to think of somebody or something that would be beneficial in some way. Mm -hmm, right. Yeah, I didn't do that, so... Uh, you want to keep SpongeBob as a pet and make fire-breathing dragons that'll kill everybody immediately. Yeah. I'm just looking at the books beside me. I have Scythe, a, a lady that uh, is assigned to kill people. A bunch of love books. It was just like regular people. I feel like I'd bring someone with powers to this world. But wouldn't that be dangerous? That could be helpful as well. Ooh, you know who I bring? I don't know if uh, they are in a book, but 
Do you remember Eliza, that, that show that she could talk to animals? The wild thornberries? Yeah. Like, it would be cool to bring someone that could talk to animals, and then they could tell me what our, the animals are saying. Why, what would you do if you could hang out with Eliza from the wild thornberries? I'd probably be like, hey, let's go to the zoo. And I could hear what everyone's saying. They probably wouldn't be that happy because they're in a zoo with these animals. But maybe we could go on like a safari. Or I can go to my friends' houses who have pets and I can hear what their thoughts are and let their owners know. All right, let me ask you this, because I saw a show one time that I really enjoyed and it sort of dealt with the same situation. So let me ask you this. If you took a character out of a fictional story, what part of the story are they coming from? Are they coming from the, the story's beginning or the end? Or are, is it just some nebulous version of them from the tale in general? You would think the end, but it probably depends on the story. Because what if they die in the end? <laughs> That's part of why I ask. Right. So I think it's where they probably overcome their challenges. I don't think you'd have a character that, that comes to you without having learned what they learned in that story. Whatever whatever the story's moral progression is that, that happens, I feel like it has to be after that. What I really mean is you you sort of talk about bringing these characters to life and then just being friends with them and just hanging out with them. Wouldn't they be shocked? Wouldn't they be a little surprised? Oh, like, absolutely. Where am I? What yeah. happened to the thing that I was doing that was really important? This also reminds me of that uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure when they bring people from history and they're all very confused. What is this land? <laughs> well, I just I just mean it like this. If you took a character like Harry Potter and you brought him to the real world and you said, hey, Harry, oh, my God, let's hang out. He probably wouldn't be too happy. He'd be like, where are my friends? I was just at school. I didn't realize, but in a way, we're kind of like abducting them from their reality. Uh-huh. That's sad. I mean, I know that you you know of this book, but you know about the book Inkheart and the, the following sequels, right? Uh, yeah, I've heard you talk about it, but I've never read it. Without boring people with the specifics, Inkheart is a book where the main character has an ability. And that ability is exactly what we're talking about. Because if she reads aloud the words on a page, she can make characters and locations and scenarios come to life. And what kind of things did she read to make come to life? Well, see, that's the thing. You bring good people, but you bring bad people too. Heroes and villains. And once they get here, they kind of want to do the same thing that they do in the story. Yo, can this work on menus? Like restaurant menus? Using the logic from Inkheart, yeah, if it was a detailed enough description of the meal, then yeah, you could probably make it appear. Now that's good. Whoa, what about shopping? According to these rules, does anything I read comes to life? I guess so. Nice. What about weather? Can I read like a description about weather? That is something that happens in the book. It's a lot of power. It's like you're a god, basically. Yeah, but not everybody's appreciative of that. How so? Both in Inkart and the show that I watched, which is called Recreators, it's very good. You have characters that they don't feel like they're fictional. They feel like they're real. And so when you take them and you bring them into reality, so to speak, and you tell them that they're fictional, it sort of makes a problem sort of an existential crisis of identity. For the characters that 
came to life? Yeah, because imagine if somebody told you that your entire existence was a lie fabricated for the entertainment of other people. I'd be like, wow, sounds like a boring book. That's it? You wouldn't you wouldn't care that you didn't exist in reality? No, I I I do feel like I live my life sometimes that I want it to be a good story. You know, like I got to switch it up every so often if I feel like it's starting to get boring. And I also view my friends as characters in a story. Like once I once you're in my story, you're not leaving my story. You know, I'm going to reach out to you and you're you're a main character now. So, yeah, that's that is probably traumatizing for a lot of people, you know, that uh, find uh, themselves brought to life by some rando. Yeah, listen, setting aside any crises of identity and any idea of, of it being real or not real, I feel like the best use of being able to bring a fictional character to the real world is if it was somebody intelligent, you know, because there are a lot of problems that we haven't been able to solve in real life. But in fiction, they can be solved because you have people with smart enough minds to be able to do it. Imagine if you could take one of those people and bring them to the real world and have them collaborate with our scientists to progress technology. Do you have any examples of these intellectual people? Maybe not this exact guy, but you know that I'm a fan of Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Now, Victor Frankenstein might have been a morally questionable person. But he did something that has not been done before. He create he put life into an inanimate body. What do you think about that? Yeah. Like I think the closest we've come to that are robots and cloning. But this is this would be interesting, you know? It also reminds me of a what's that book we read? Scythe, where like you had the head of someone attached to the body of someone. Anyway, it would be cool. <laughs> Imagine if. Honestly, I know that Star Wars is not a book. It's a film. But imagine if you brought somebody like C-3PO to the real world. You mentioned robots. C-3PO is an intelligent robot. He could tell you how he's made. Yeah. We could, we could recreate him. Actually, a lot of things from Doctor Who, because that takes place in the future sometimes, in the past. And we can learn about, I forgot what they're called, the Druids. I've never seen Doctor Who. Are the Druids in Doctor Who? Yeah, I think they're, I, I could be, are the Daka, they're the robots that are there that kind of take over. I don't know too much about it, but I know it goes into the future. So Talk. who would you, so who would you bring? The, the Doctor himself? No, I, well, I guess the Doctor, because the Doctor would have the knowledge of the future but also the machinery, the, the, the robots. But I would also bring Doc from uh, uh, Back to the Future because he's crazy and fun and smart. can invent time travel for us. But also the beauty in books sometimes would be cool to bring to life. Just the descriptions and yeah. I wish I had more of a memory to remember everything I've read that we could bring to life. When you say beauty, do you mean a setting? Yeah. They're just some beautiful settings. I'm thinking of the Wizard of Oz, you know, just like that whole landscape and the, the rainbowness and all that. But yeah, unicorns. Well, like different uh, creatures. Would you bring any of those into life? Maybe. But again, that sort of poses the same moral problem that we were talking about before. If you bring a creature into reality that was fictional previously, not only do you pose a risk of 
danger to, to humanity because they don't know how to deal with this creature, you might cause a lot of cruelty unintentionally to the animal. Right, they, because they're not supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, the animal's out of its environment now. How is it going to survive? We don't know if we can keep a unicorn alive because we've never met one. What, what, what does the unicorn eat? What, what do, you know, do they fit in our, uh, what do you call that? The circle of life, the uh, food chain. <laughs> I don't think I would want to bring a unicorn into the real world just to put it in the food chain and watch it get eaten. Yeah. I think that's a little too cruel. But I do like the idea of being able to read anything, not just characters, but food or material things. I think that's that's better. I think I'd rather bring into the, this world different materials or different spells, you know, like the, the abilities. Like you can read those sorts of things and bring them and have them. So you mean you just read it and all of a sudden it applies to you? Yeah, I think that would be better. Hey, I mean, I guess it would work if you read a book in first person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually interesting. So depending on the book you read, if it's in third person, it it's something that exists with you. But if it's in first person, it's something that you yourself have and gain. I guess so. Yeah. If this were the case, I would be an English major. <laughs> what are you biting my style now? Yeah. <laughs> I had to work four years for that degree. Wow. So I think we've deduced from talking about this is how dangerous it can be and also how inconsiderate of us to even bring them into this world when we're taking them away from their world. Like, wow, why would we do that? But here's the thing. You can learn from fictional characters, even though they're not real, even though they're the product of somebody's imagination. You can absolutely identify with a fictional character and learn something useful and, and meaningful that you can apply to your own life. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like what you said before about how, you know, we need to write fiction and be creative in that way, write things that don't exist to come up with ideas that can exist, right? How, how do we have innovation without fiction? And to be able to speak with fiction or use fiction or, you know, like, actually bring to life what isn't real yet could make us advance in the future. So there's a lot of downs, a lot of ups. This is a pretty wild topic. Did we live happily ever after? It's still unwritten, but I hope so. Yeah. I'm feeling not because we, we kind of scanned the system a little bit. How so? We, we brought uh, Peter Pan and, uh, spongebob and a bunch of other fictional characters into our story and i feel like that was cheating a bit it's just a crossover oh sweet okay like fairly odd parents and jimmy neutron yeah just like that yeah pretty cool. to infinity and beyond <laughs> bye guys <laughs> make sure to 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 bring your favorite character into your life somehow whether that be talking to them by yourself uh, or doing their spells. The advice you give on these episodes, <laughs> man. They're getting wilder, stranger, and weirder, so you're welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>